0: All right, so we're uh, continuing in our What If series. For those of you who haven't been here, we have been in a series called What If. And normally when you hear the words, what if, it's usually uh, uh, not something that's good. Um, so, you know, well, well what, if, what if this happens? Or what if that happens? And so what we've done over these past couple of weeks is we've taken that and we've turned that. And so we've, we've said these, these different scenarios to get you to engage your relationship with God as it pertains to what if. And so um, my what if today is going to be a couple of them, but I I hope that you follow me. But I'm going to start here. What if you knew that you only had the next 24 hours to live? What if? What would that mean to you? How would that affect your life? How would that uh, affect the way that you live if you only had the next 24 hours to live? How would you make it count? The reason I ask this question isn't really like to to be a downer or, or, or to like to make you fearful, but I want to remind you that tomorrow is not a guarantee. We, sometimes we just live as if we're just so sure. We live like we're sure of next week. We're sure of next month. We make our plans like we just know what's going to happen. But the reality is we don't know. The truth is we have no idea when our time will come. None whatsoever. And I think it's just imperative as believers that we keep that thought in the forefront of our minds. That we keep it there. Understand that every time we open our eyes, a blessing has taken place. I think we get in the habit of waking up and we just like, yeah, tomorrow I'm just gonna wake up. No, 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 no. Every time... You open your eyes, a blessing has taken place. And we cannot take that for granted. We can't take for granted this life that God has given us. God has a unique purpose. He has a unique plan for each of our lives. But many of us have put aside that plan have put aside pursuing that plan, have put aside finding that plan that he has for our lives because we've gotten caught pursuing the cares of this world. Our our job is not our life. Our, Our accumulations... Is not our life, our job, our our, our cars, our our, our houses, the, the bank accounts. Those things are not our life. Whatever your pursuit of security is or your idea of safety looks like, this should not be the sum total of our days. This cannot be the sum total of our days. We spend our life pursuing that thing, trying to get to that mark, trying to get to that place. But what if tomorrow was all you had? Say What if tomorrow was all you had? How would that change the way that you live? Anyway, Psalms. Psalms 90, verse 12. Moses asked God, Teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. He says, Teach me. Teach me. He says, Show us how we ought to live. Teach us to be aware of how short our time is on this earth. That we would begin to use that time wisely. Moses writes this 1,400 years before Christ. And we're here 2,022 years later still in need of the same prayer. Teach us how to number our days. Then he says, teach us that we may gain a heart of wisdom. And he speaks to this heart and that this can't be just something that, that we hear it and we realize it and it's good. And then as time passes, we, we get back to the Reggie, we, we go on doing our thing and it fades away. No, this, 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 this can't be this. This has to be a lifestyle of awareness that we constantly walk where we have the, the brevity of life in our hands and eternity on our minds. What if tomorrow was all you had? Anyway, Jesus. It's so easy for us to get caught up in the race of doing things, the happiness that comes with accomplishment, the desire to do more, to be more, to want more. We get on that train and we like the way that thing feels, and we just keep going. We get on that wheel, we like the way it feels. And we just keep going more, 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 more. The the culture, everything around us pushes more, be more, get more, do more. And we get in this, and when we fall into that trap, our job, our schedules, our achievements, those things become our God. Come on, and our purpose, our calling. And oftentimes our family are all sacrificed as a result of it. Man, come on. Jesus. I remember a funeral. Now since I moved to California I've done a lot of funerals. Um, every time there's a funeral I will get a call from my father-in-law and my father-in-law will say, hey uh, you got your suit ready? We got another funeral. I've done more funerals than weddings and sometimes when he calls i would be like come on can I get a call for a wedding (laughs) but I remember this funeral that we did here in Woodland and I'll never forget this funeral as long as I live it wasn't a person that we we knew but we were asked to do the funeral and and I um got to the part in the funeral where uh, uh we asked people to come up and say something about the deceased and usually this is a time where people come up and they, they share their heartfelt stories and they they make up really good things about the person to sound good and, and oh y'all don't do that. Okay. Uh, so so they, they have these things that they say and, and this this funeral is different. Because when I asked for people to come forward, nobody came. We waited. We waited. And begrudgingly, the daughter of the person who had passed got up. And she says, um, my dad was a good man. He worked here. And when he finished working here, he, he retired and then he worked somewhere else. And he really liked that job. And, you know, my dad was, was, was strict, but he was a good man. And, and then he worked somewhere else. And then she sat down. And I often think about this funeral because I said, I'm sure he said, he didn't start out like this. I'm sure he was like, you know, when I, when I get this amount of money, I'm, I'm gonna take some time and I'm, I'm gonna have a, a relationship with my kids. You know, when, when, I, when I finish this big project, I'm gonna take my daughter on a trip that she will never forget. You know, once I make senior partner, I'm gonna make up for that time I missed at home with my wife. Once I retire, I'm going I'm to take all the guys and we're going to hang out and I'm going to see how everybody's doing. But that time never came. Tomorrow never came. James chapter 4. James chapter 4, verse 13. It says, listen those of you who are boasting today or tomorrow uh, we'll go to another city we'll spend some time going to business make some money make, make heaps of profit he says but you don't have a clue what tomorrow will bring for your fleeting life is but a warm breath of air that is visible in the cold only for a moment and then it vanishes he said instead You should say, our tomorrows are in the Lord's hands. And if he's willing, we'll live life to the fullest and go here or there, do this or that. He says, but here you are boasting in your ignorance. For to be presumptuous about what you'll do tomorrow is evil. So if you know of an opportunity to do the right thing today, yet you refrain from doing it, you are guilty of sin. James is saying tomorrow is in the Lord's hands. We cannot make assumptions or or sureties about tomorrow. We have to focus on what we've been called to do today. We have to focus on loving one another today. We have to focus on walking in love today. We have to focus on ridding ourselves of division and being united as God has called us to be today later just isn't promised. These vain pursuits of more are just that, vain pursuits. As a matter of fact, James called it ignorance. We're so focused on getting the new promotion. We're we're, we're so focused on getting the new opportunity or getting the raise or creating this image of perfection that we have completely lost sight of the purpose that God created us for and wakes us up for every day. Let me give you a newsflash. God didn't just wake you up to go to work. Come on. Come on. My Jesus. My Jesus. Happy way, Jesus. And when tomorrow is all you have, none of that matters. I guarantee you, if, if you found out that you only had 24 hours to live, you ain't worried about clocking in. Come on. <laughs> Have your way, Jesus. You ain't worried about payday because you ain't going to be here to see it. <laughs> yes. This is why, as believers, we have to be aware of our time. Amen. Yeah. We can't just keep going as if everything is sure. We can't just. Assume that we have all the time in the world. Tomorrow is not promised. Paul is talking to us in Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15. He says, be very careful then how you live. Not as the unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Paul says, pay attention to how you live. Yeah. He says, make the most of every opportunity, which means that there are opportunities that are afforded to us every single day. What are we doing with the opportunities that God has given us? What are we doing with the opportunities that God has given us? What are we doing with the opportunities that we've been afforded today? Listen, every opportunity that God gives us is valuable. Every opportunity that God gives us is valuable. And if we're supposed to make the most of the opportunities, then our attitude has to value each opportunity. Our attitude has to recognize the opportunity. This is valuable. God, thank you for this opportunity that you've given me. This is valuable. Every opportunity that God gives is attached to impacting people. Listen to this. Every opportunity that God gives is attached to impacting people. We see this all throughout the scriptures. If we look at the life of Jesus and we look at the opportunities he has, it's clearly written here in scripture, everyone is attached to impacting people. The woman caught in the act of adultery, the man with legion, the woman at the well, even Zacchaeus, there were all opportunities to impact people. Jesus made the most of them. What does that mean? It means that people are the opportunities that we need to never miss because there is no guarantee that we will get them again. People are the opportunities that we need to make sure that we never miss because there is no guarantee that we will get them again. Yeah. But Pastor Keeney, you don't understand. I'm not a people person. I don't like people. People are, are just not good. Let me say this again. People are the opportunities that we need to never miss. Even the people you don't like. Come on. Come on. Have your way, Jesus. People. If we believe that the Holy Spirit is dwelling on the inside of us, if we believe that when we accept Christ, the presence of the living God is dwelling on the inside of us, then when we meet people, We believe that the presence of the living God is dwelling on the inside of them. So we should always see them as valuable. You may not like the way they talk. You may not like the way they dress. You may not like how they are. You may not like their attitude, their demeanor. But the presence of the living God is on the inside of them. Value the opportunities that God has given you. Value your family. Value your marriage. Value your time. Because we just don't know. We can't be sleep at the will of purpose, Limitless. We cannot be sleep at the will of purpose. There are people who need to experience the love of God through you today. There are people who need to hear the good news of Jesus Christ through you today. There are people who need to experience that gift that God has given you today. Get it off the shelf. Pick it up. Use it. Tomorrow isn't a guarantee. There's some conversations you need to have. There's some schedule adjustments that need to be made today. There are some apologies that need to be made today. Come on. Let's go. Have to wait, Jesus. What if tomorrow was all you had? Let me get in this book. James chapter 4. I, to wait, I told him you're not gonna get, you know, amens on this one. Come on. <laughs> I'm good. I wasn't getting amens anyway. James chapter 4 verse 17. Verse 17 said, if you have the opportunity to do the right thing today, yet you refrain from doing it, you are guilty of sin. Say if you have the opportunity to do the right thing today and you don't do it, man, you know what? I, I really, I really need to 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 spend some time, and you know what? I need to, I need to just just, you know, just maybe I need to take some days off and just spend some time with my family. But you know, you know, when when I we got this this high season, and you know, next time, you know, as we get down a couple months, I'm just gonna sit. So if you have the opportunity to do the right thing today, you know, I went off on such and such, and I, you know, I need to apologize to him. You know, I'm, I'm going to call him. You know, I really am. He says, if you have an opportunity to do the right thing today, whenever the Lord decides that it is time for us to come home, we will give an account of what we did with the gift of time that God has given us. Listen to me. Life is short, but eternity It's forever. What are you doing with your time? Even as I was preparing this message, I was like, man, if, if tomorrow was all I had, what would be different? Tomorrow was all I had, what would be different? The first thing is that people's opinion of me will become irrelevant. Come on, come on. I wouldn't care what y'all thought about me. Come on. Yeah. I would not care. Not, not care. one Iota. Because if tomorrow is all I had, um I I Are you serious? <laughs> you will tell me about how somebody feel about me and I, no 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 no. I would be so much bolder in my communication about Jesus because there wouldn't be any time to be cool. I grew up in a cool era, so cool means a lot to me. Hallelujah. But there wouldn't be any time to be cool. I wouldn't have to worry about being accepted or being rejected. Come on now. Things would be different. It's not about, well, oh, oh, I got to worry about. It. No, no, no. Let me tell you something, baby. Listen, uh, if you don't accept Jesus, hell waits for you. You should probably get that straight. We can handle it now. <laughs> Come on. Come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't need a buffer. I ain't got a sermon prep for that. Listen, Jesus, life, Satan, death. Let's, that, let's, let's handle that. I, I, I don't have time to sugarcoat it. I don't have time to have a seeker-friendly message for you and set you up and tell you how much, how much you, your life would just be so much better and, and God just wants so much more for you. Listen to me. I am dying. Every second matters. I don't want you to go to hell. Accept Jesus as your Lord. I, I don't have time. Why? Because tomorrow is all I have. Tomorrow is all I have. And I said, it, it, it led me to this question. What if our obedience factor to God was greater than our fear factor of people's opinion? Yeah. Way, Jesus. What, if we, what if we really didn't care? I know we say we don't care, right? But what if we really didn't care about people's opinion of us? How would that change how we pursued God? They said those people was crazy in the Bible. There was one moment in the upper room, they said, oh, all of y'all are drunk. Like it's it's 10 in the morning and everybody is wasted. <laughs> and it was like, no, 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 no. We ain't wasted. Come on. This is this is the living God that is here right now. And 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 immediately after that, he began to preach in thousands came to Jesus. Why? Because I don't care what you think about me. How would that change how we live if our obedience factor to God was greater than our fear factor of people's opinions? As, as I parent um, or what I'm attempting to call parenting, uh, one of the things that I realize is everything I do shows my kids what's most important in life. Everything I do, the decisions I make are showing my kids what's most important in life. What are you emphasizing as important? You have 24 hours to live. In your last conversation with your kids, what would you tell them are the most important things in life? Think about it just for a second. What would you tell them are the most important things in life? Yeah, You're laying at your bedside. Your kids are there. They say, What is the most important thing? Here's a question Does your life reflect those values? Does your life reflect those same values? I'm going to keep moving. Uh, yeah. Yeah. The second thing I realized is I wouldn't waste my time on things that aren't eternal or that don't have eternal value. Right. Let me tell you something. Um, in my last 24 hours to live, I'm not going to a concert I'm not going to a baseball game. I'm not asking to see my favorite artist or some. I don't care nothing about that. I am spending my time with my family around people that I love. I'm spending my time with them. I'm, I'm showing up some things if there's anything I haven't taken care of. And guess what? I'm not angry about anything or anyone. Guess what? I'm not wasting my time worrying about the president. Ooh. <laughs> I'm not wasting my time worried about politics. Ooh. I don't care about none of that. I am not wasting my time on things that aren't eternal or that don't have eternal value. Because tomorrow, it won't even matter. If it doesn't matter in eternity, then I'm not spending time on it because eternity at that moment is at hand and that is all that matters. So I wouldn't worry about people's opinions of me. Second, I wouldn't waste time on things that that don't uh, have eternal value. And third, I would make sure the people I love knew the truth about eternity and had another opportunity to accept Christ as their Savior. I have family members, my brother, my sister. We all grew up in the same house and our mother all made us go to church. And I know the life that has, has, has been lived by my brother, has been lived by my sister, and the things that they've encountered and how their heart is. And, and they know me. Don't talk to me too long because in a minute I'm going to slip it in. I'ma slip it in. I don't care. They're like, yeah, you know, da, da 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 da. Yeah, man, you know. Hey, Jesus, I tried to tell you what? Where did that even come from? <laughs> but on my deathbed, I'm, I'm. Listen to me. Come on. You need day. Jesus. Yes. If you don't need anything else, if you don't hear anything else, you you ask about my life. You ask about my marriage. You ask about the church. Let me tell you, you need Jesus. Amen. I've only got so much time to live and every breath matters. You need Jesus. I will make sure that they had another opportunity to accept Jesus as their savior. My cousins, I don't care who it is. Please record it. Put the video up. I will pay for this once I'm gone to get, to get circulated on social media. Please accept Jesus. Some of you who are cynics will say, Pastor, hey, you know, I feel it. You know, I'm with it. I get it. But the fact is that most of us in 48 hours will wake up and everything will be normal. And for you, I have this question. Now, let me just make it a little plainer for you. What if you lived like there was no tomorrow? Yeah. Yeah. How would that change the way you live? How would that change those who are around you? How would that change your marriage? How would that change your family? How would that change the city if you lived like there was no tomorrow? For those of you who, who've been here a while, you know that we had the opportunity uh, this past January to um, have uh, one of my pastoral fathers here uh, in the building. Uh, pastor Wiley was a pastor of New Life Christian Center in Madison, California. It's a little ways down the road. Uh, you go down Main Street, uh, eventually you'll hit a stop sign, make a leftist right there. If you think that you've gone too far, you haven't, just keep going. But he passed it there for a very long time. And I had, uh, we had the opportunity to honor him here. In January, and a few months later, he went home to be with the Lord. The day that it happened, uh, I got a phone call. My father-in-law calls. We got to make a trip. And I begin to ask his daughter, what happened? Take me through the last day. And he began to tell me this story. Now, now, Pastor Wiley was not a young guy. He would disagree, uh, but Pastor Wiley was not a young guy. And he had spent the majority of his life standing in a pulpit declaring Jesus Christ. He visited homes. He, he, he went to funerals. He, he cooked food. He did what he could to share the love of God in the majority of his life. And his last day, his last day, he had the privilege of having a, a pastor come to his house. He had been living with his daughter, and he really wanted this pastor who the church that he was going to to come to his house. And the pastor granted him this opportunity, the pastor was coming. Pastor Wiley said, You know what I'm gonna do? I'm going to drive to Vacaville, to my house, and I'm gonna make some ribs. Now, for those of you who didn't get the opportunity, I'm sorry. Let me tell you something. Uh-huh. Pastor Riley's ribs was something else. It was yeah. a blessing <laughs> to the body. Hallelujah. But Pastor Wiley made this. He says, you know, I'm going I'm to make some ribs. And so, so he gets up in the morning and he, he goes and he drives to Vacaville. And he was not in great health. And so to, to do these things took a lot of energy. And so he goes to Vacaville. He, he makes his rib and he's excited because there's a pastor. And the pastor he's, he wants to meet is coming over. And he, he makes these ribs and he gets them ready. And, and to do ribs right, it takes time. Yeah. Anybody who make ribs in an hour, I'm probably not going to eat them. <laughs> it takes time to make some good ribs. All the dads say amen. amen. It takes time. And so he's there and he's, he's preparing this food and, and, and he has an ice chest. And so he has to take the ice chest out, bring it into the house, make the ribs. Once it's done, he puts it back in the ice chest. He carries it back to his car and he drives back to his daughter's house. He gets in and he's, he, he, he has a, a, a couple of things that he needs to do. He wants the house ready for when the pastor comes. And when he gets there, he's excited because the pastor is about to taste his ribs that he has prepared for him. Yeah. He cuts them and he has them out. And, and once they finish a, a meeting and talking, they sit down and they begin to talk about the word of God. They begin to talk about the the history of church and and Pastor Wiley begins to show him pictures of the old church and and begins to share stories about what God has done. On his bedside, before he lays down, he puts his headphones in and he begins to listen to the word. And there's a list on the side of his bed. And on this list was the things that needed to be done. Get a haircut. Wash the car. It's a list of things. This man who spent the entirety of his life, the majority of his life serving God, he went to bed fully expecting to wake up. Fully expecting to complete the list. And he woke up in heaven. He woke up listening to the word. He went to sleep listening to the word. And he woke up with it as a reality. Come on. Jesus. Jesus. What I'm telling you is it don't matter whether you're in good health, bad health, whether you served him all your life and, or, or whether you just started serving him. Tomorrow is not promised. But what if, what if you lived your life like tomorrow was all you had? You would have that conversation. Hey, I don't know what you're doing, but you need Jesus. Ah, here you come with that again. Yeah, I'm coming with it again because I don't know the next time I'll see you. I don't know if I will see you. And I'm not trying to be morbid because, God, I would love to live a long life, but I don't know. But what if we lived like that? You know what? I need to get this book done because I don't know when God is going to call me home. I, I need to get this record done because I don't know when God, I need to start this, this thing that God has given me because I don't know when God is going to call me home. I need to pick up the gift and the callings that God has given me because I don't know when he's going to call me home. What if we lived... I'm not going to be PC about telling you about Jesus. I'm not trying to make it nice and and make it pretty for you. I might be gone. Have your way, Jesus. Tell it. But we can't get to this place where we say, I'll do it tomorrow. I'll do it next week. I'll do it next month. Mm -hmm. We never know. What day will be our last? We should make the most of every day in our decisions, in our choices, in our love with the distinct awareness that any day we could be called home. What if you lived like tomorrow was all you had? Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word. Nick, could you come? God, I thank you for what you've spoken here today.